To the land before bedtime. A production by SPH Radio. The Littlest Podcast for our littlest listeners. In each episode, we bring you a short story, fable, or fairy tale filled with magic, wonder, and imagination. Tonight's story is read by Charmaine Poir. So tuck yourself in, close your eyes, and let's set off for the land before bedtime. Cinderella Once upon a time, in the land before bedtime, there lived a noble gentleman who had a dear little daughter. The poor child's own kind mother passed away when she was quite young, and her father, who loved his daughter very dearly, was afraid that she would be lonely. So he married a grand lady who had two daughters of her own and who he thought would be kind and good to his little one. But no sooner did the stepmother enter her new home than she began to show her true character. Her stepdaughter was so much prettier and sweeter than her own children that she was jealous of her and gave her all the hard work of the house to do, whilst the two proud sisters spent their time at parties and doing nothing much at all. The only pleasure the poor child had was to spend her evenings sitting in the chimney corner, resting her weary limbs, and for this reason her sisters mockingly nicknamed her Cinderella. The sisters' fine clothes made Cinderella feel very shabby, but in her little torn frock and ragged shoes, she was a thousand times more lovely than they. One day, the king's son gave a grand ball, to which he invited all the lords and ladies in the country, and amongst the rest, Cinderella's two sisters were asked, How pleased and excited they were when the invitation arrived. For days they could talk of nothing but the clothes they should wear and the grand folk they hoped to meet. When at last the great day arrived, Cinderella was kept running about from early till late, dressing the sisters and curling their hair. Don't you wish you were going to the ball? said one of them. Indeed I do, sighed the poor little maid. The sisters burst out laughing. (laughs) A pretty spectacle you would be, they said rudely. Go back to your cinders, they are fit company for rags. Then, stepping carefully into their carriage, so that they might not crush their fine clothes, they drove away to the ball. Cinderella went back to her chimney corner and tried not to feel envious, but the tears gathered in her pretty eyes and trickled down her sorrowful little face. "'What are you crying for, child?' cried a silvery voice. Cinderella was startled, and raised her eyes. Who could it be? Then, in a moment, she knew. 
It was her fairy godmother. I do so want to go to the ball, said Cinderella. Well, leave off crying. Be a good girl and you shall go. Run quickly into the garden and bring the largest pumpkin you can find, replied the fairy godmother. Cinderella could not imagine how a pumpkin could help her go to the ball, but her only thought was to obey her godmother. In a few moments, she was back again with a splendid pumpkin. Her godmother scooped out the inside. One touch of the wand, and the pumpkin was a golden coach lined with white satin. Now, quick, the mouse trap from the pantry. Here it is, godmother, said Cinderella breathlessly. One by one, six fat, sleek mice passed through the trapdoor. As each appeared, a touch of the wand transformed it into a cream colored horse fit for a queen. Now, Cinderella, can you find a coachman? There is a large gray rat in the rat trap. Would he do, godmother? Run and fetch him, child, and then I can judge. So Cinderella ran to fetch the rat, and her godmother said he was just made for a coachman, and I think you would have agreed with her had you seen him a moment later with his powdered wig. And silk stockings. Six lizards from behind a picture frame became six footmen in splendid liveries. You would have thought they had been footmen all their lives. Cinderella was so excited that she could scarcely speak. Oh, Godmother! she cried. It is all so lovely! Then suddenly she thought of a shabby frock. My dress, she said wistfully. If, do you think? But before Cinderella could realize what was happening, her godmother's wand tapped her lightly on the shoulder, and in place of the shabby frock, there was a gleam of satin, silver, and pearls. It was as white as snow and as dazzling. Around the hem hung a fringe of diamonds. Sparkling like dewdrops in the sunshine. Surely it was a dream. Cinderella put her daintily gloved hand to her throat and softly touched the pearls that encircled her neck. Come, child, said the godmother, or you will be late. As Cinderella moved, the firelight shone upon her dainty shoes. They are of diamonds, she said. No, answered her godmother, smiling. They are better than that. They are of glass, made by the fairies. And now, child, go and enjoy yourself to your heart's content. Only remember, if you stay at the palace one instant after midnight, your coach and servants will vanish, and you will be the little grey Cinderella once more. A few moments later, the coach dashed into the royal courtyard, the door was flung open, and Cinderella alighted. As she walked slowly up the richly carpeted staircase, there was a murmur of admiration, 
and the king's son rushed forward to meet her. Never have I seen anyone so lovely, said he to himself. He led her into the ballroom, where the king, who was much taken with her sweet face and pretty modest manners, whispered to the queen that she must surely be a foreign princess. Even her two stepsisters could not recognize their ragged little sister in the beautiful, graceful lady to whom the prince paid so much attention. The evening passed in a dream of delight, Cinderella dancing with no one but the handsome young prince. The hours flew by so happily and so swiftly that Cinderella forgot her promise until she happened to look at a clock and saw that it was on the stroke of twelve. With a cry of alarm, she fled from the room, dropping in her haste one of the little glass slippers. But with the sound of the clock strokes in her ears, she dared not wait to pick it up. The prince hurried after her in alarm, but when he reached the entrance hall, the beautiful princess had vanished, and there was no one to be seen but a forlorn little beggar maid creeping away into the darkness. Poor little Cinderella. She hurried home through the dark streets, weary and overwhelmed with shame. The fire was out when she reached her home, and there was no godmother waiting to receive her. But she sat down in the chimney corner to await her sister's return. When they came in, they could speak of nothing but the wonderful things that had happened at the ball. A beautiful princess had been there, they said, and had danced with the prince all night, but had disappeared just as the clock struck twelve, and though the prince had searched everywhere, he could not find her. He was quite beside himself with grief, said the elder sister, for there is no doubt he hoped to make her his bride. Cinderella listened in silence to all they had to say, and, slipping her hand into her pocket, felt that one remaining glass slipper, for it was the only thing of all her grand apparel that remained. On the following morning, there was a great noise of trumpets and drums, and a procession passed through the town, at the head of which rode the king's son. Behind him came a herald, bearing a velvet cushion, upon which rested a little glass slipper. The herald blew a blast upon the trumpet, and then read a proclamation saying that the king's son would wed any lady in the land who could fit the slipper upon her foot if she could produce another to match it. Of course, the sisters tried to squeeze their feet into the slipper, but it was of no use. They were much too large. Then Cinderella shyly begged that she might try. How the sisters laughed with scorn when the prince knelt to fit the slipper on the cinder maid's foot. To their surprise, it slipped on with the greatest ease, and the next moment, Cinderella produced the other slipper from her pocket. 
Once more, she stood in the glass slippers, and once more, the sisters saw before them the lovely princess who was to be the prince's bride. For at the touch of the magic shoes, the little grey frock disappeared, and in place of it, she wore the beautiful robe the fairy godmother had given her. The prince, overjoyed that he had found his love, carried her back to the palace. In his grand coach. Soon after, Cinderella married the prince, and they lived happily ever after in the land before bedtime. The end. Tonight's episode was read by Charmaine Poire and produced by Timo. For more stories just like this, catch us next time in the Land Before Bedtime. The Land Before Bedtime is a production of SBH Radio. You can also find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and streaming on Google Home. Hold up. 